Three, two, one. Welcome to Long Run Radio. Let's run. Hi, runners. Welcome to New York Roadrunners Coaching Lab Long Run Radio. I'm Coach Gordon. And I'm Coach Daphne. So if you guys haven't started your run yet, you can go ahead and do that. Start your watch now. And we're going to be here for your next 60 minutes because the coaches here at Long Run Radio are your TCS New York City Marathon Long Run Companions. Each week, we're going to discuss topics specific to your long run. We are here to keep you company, providing training and uh, a little motivation. And of course, sharing some of our favorite TCS New York City Marathon moments as coaches and as athletes, and as major running nerd fans of the race. Those stories we love to tell. Indeed. And remember, every 15 minutes, we'll check in physically and mentally to keep you on track on your long run. So today, we're going to focus on uh, building your running support network. It's important, isn't it, Coach Gordon? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's I I can't wait to talk about this topic because it's something I didn't realize early on in my marathon training. So um, maybe it's so true. Maybe there's runners out there who don't realize it either. So very eager to, to explore this with you, Coach Daphne. Don't go it alone. A lot of people think distance running is a solitary thing. And I it one million percent takes a village. So (laughs) it takes a village to run a marathon. It really does. It does. So let's, uh, let's get to your first self check-in for a lot of people. Just getting out the door is the hardest part. So, uh, you, you've already beaten everybody who's still inside. Congratulations. Um, you should uh, here in uh, you know the early minutes, early miles of your long run, give yourself a little time to settle in. Um, all these miles totally count toward the total, even if uh, even if they're a little slower than you were maybe planning on. Um, so that's totally fine. Um, good luck in the meat of your workout, and uh, let's uh, let's get to it. You are so right, Coach Daphne. It's always best to start a little bit slower than you plan to average, you know, and kind of ease into it. Feel feel your way for, through these first couple of miles. So that's that's a good thing to remember for for this check in. So mm-hmm. as Coach Daphne mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago, our theme for today is why emotional support matters during a training cycle. So I, I love this topic. I've been thinking about it a lot because I'm, I'm in my training cycle too. I'm, I'm training for a fall mm-hmm. marathon and I'm really excited about it. Um, and I've also been thinking, I think as we all have over the past 16 months of the pandemic about, about solitude and about, um, you know, being physically alone um, and how to still feel connected to still have that emotional support that you need to, um, to build your, your village, to, uh, get you through your marathon training and get you through race day. Um, and I think, um, so much of our connection to runners as coaches, um, has been, you know, really, really changed quite a bit over the past 16 months, but in some ways really, really intensified. 
Um, that's been my experience anyway. You know, I've done so, so much true. more running alone than, than I had uh, the prior to the pandemic. But I feel really, really connected to, to the runners that I coach, to other people I know who are training for marathons, um, and even to people who, who don't run at all, friends and family members um, who, you know, it seems like more than ever are, are supportive of me um, knowing that I'm training for a marathon um, and continuing to run through the pandemic and really, you know, getting a lot of, a lot of joy, a lot of meaning, a lot of purpose out of doing that. And maybe because we're more connected through technology than we have been in the past. Um, like I have a, a weekly <laughs> Zoom call, friend, friends Zoom call with uh, some of my high school friends who, who oh, knew. That's so great. Yeah, it's really great. It's, it's a bunch of, bunch of little old ladies. <laughs> um, and some of them run some of them. Uh, in fact, I've, I've incur I've, you know, without being proselytizing, I've encouraged them to, to run as we, as we connect every week. Um, Aww. yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. Were you, uh, were you on the track team in high school? I was for, for one year. And, uh, I, oh. I did other sports prior to that. And then I joined the track team my, my senior year. So they, yeah, they know that I was, that I was a runner then and have become, um, more of a serious runner, runner since then. So that's been kind of cool. Um, and you know, so these, these connections have allowed me to feel like emotionally supported, um, during, during my marathon training. Um, it's interesting, you know, it's the, the emotional support that you get from your, your friends, your family, your fellow runners, your coaches, um, sometimes you have to ask for it. Have, have you found that coach Daphne? that it's, it's not always like right there in front of you. You have to, you have to go looking for it a bit. It is so true. Um, especially, um, with, uh, family members or people in your household who, um, uh, have never run a marathon and, um, you know, they, they love you and, uh, they, they support you in, uh, whatever, wacky health promoting ever your endeavor you're taking mm -hmm. on. But, uh, but, um, when they, uh, you know, they don't get like, no, I'm, I'm going to be gone for three hours on Saturday morning. Right. No, I can't do it any faster. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think by sharing that, um, they, they see that the sacrifices, they see the sacrifices that you're making. Um, and they see mm -hmm. that you're making them, not begrudgingly, you know, it's like, yeah, it's really hard to, to run three hours on a Saturday morning, but I do it because, because I have this goal because I want, I want to run a marathon and I want to give, you know, all that I can to it within the context of a, a busy productive life that isn't, you know, I'm not a professional runner. It's not completely centered on running. And they see mm -hmm. that and they see that I can do that. And that, that inspires them. Um, I think as a coach, it's, it's also, I, I just get so inspired when I, 
when I see that the the sacrifices that the runners that I coach are making to uh, you know to get their marathon training in. And I mean, endlessly inspired. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's so much, so many ways of doing that. You know, again, we're not running together so much because of the pandemic, although that's, that's starting to shift, you know, group workouts are back, long training runs, group training runs are back, but still people are doing a lot of it on their own or, you know, at a distance from, from their coaches. But, um, you know, we have all these, all these tools, we can follow them on Strava, we can connect with them through, you know, other social media platforms. Um, you know, I, we know you and I know through these long run radio calls that, that, uh, people are, you know, getting out there and getting it done. So it's, yeah. In, and sometimes I think about it, you know, like on Saturday mornings, even if I'm not doing a long run, I'll think I know runners all over New York City, all over the world are getting getting their miles in. And that's that's super mm-hmm. inspiring. So but yeah, if if you feel like it's not right there in front of you, there's there's lots of ways to to go out and get it. Um, one way that really was very powerful for me a few years ago um, was when. I did um, fundraising when I was training for the New York City Marathon, the TCS New York City mm-hmm. Marathon in, in 2018. And I had not um, done a major fundraising effort before, but th- that year I ran for Team for Kids, New York Roadrunners Team for Kids, our uh, charity platform Good for you. that supports youth running. Well, it was awesome. You know, I was like really mm-hmm. intimidated by the um, the fundraising um uh, goal that, that uh, they ask you to set for yourself. It's like $2,620. Um, but I smashed it. You know, it was, yeah. it was, it was a shock to me as, as much as to anyone else. Um, and that was a really, really cool way of connecting with a lot of different people in my life. Um, you know, from all different areas of my life, um, who, you know, were, were really excited to, to donate to that cause, to contribute to that cause, but also, you know, ended up following my, my training journey and, and my, uh, my marathon journey on race day. So that's, that's a really powerful way of, of getting people in your camp and getting a lot of emotional support. And, um, 1 million percent. Yeah. Yeah. And that particular year was challenging for me physically because I was getting over an injury and didn't really hit my stride until like three weeks before the race, which is a little late. <laughs> I got, I got my, some long <laughs> runs in, but they weren't as plentiful. Don't try that at home. <laughs> right? Or as fast. So I went into the race knowing it wasn't going to be a PR. It wasn't going to be, you know, it was going to be tough. Um, but I was just so buoyed by that emotional support that I built for myself um, that, that really centered on, you know, doing the fundraising um, and knowing that so many people were, were really rooting for me, were really excited for me, even though it wasn't going to be a great race in terms of like reaching for a PR. Um, and it was a really tough race. Oh my goodness. It was really, <laughs> really, really tough. Um, so what I would recommend to people, if you feel like, you know, you're, you're struggling or maybe don't know, you know, where to start as far as, as far as, um, building your emotional support is, um, just to tell yourself that you're not alone and to, you know, um, connect with people through social media or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever method works for you. If social media isn't your jam, you know, set up a, a text chain, you know, a check, a group text with friends or just have one friend that you call on a regular basis to tell about, tell them about your, uh, your running, 
I would say um, be vulnerable, you know, don't just share your triumphs, although people love hearing about those. Um, share your, you know, pitfalls and anxieties and concerns as well. Um, you know, people, you, you might find that you get good advice where and when you least expect it. Um, and if people don't seem supportive, it's it it's not that they don't care. They may just be shy or they may just, you know, not be mm-hmm. someone who engages in a particular platform on a regular basis. So then just find a different platform to engage them with, give them a little bit of a nudge and um, it'll really make a difference. That's what I found. Yeah. And uh, who knows? They, uh, they might even open their wallet and donate to your favorite cause. They might, they might indeed. (laughs) But uh, that's so great. And um, it's funny. You should mention running running uh, a marathon, raising funds for TFK. I have also done that. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in, uh, in a couple of minutes here. That's really cool. Yeah. It, um, you know, I actually, I ran my first marathon for a charity and, uh, and then there was a long break in fundraising in between, but um, I have heard from a lot of P a lot of runners um, who are, running a marathon often it's their first marathon for a charity like they sort of feel like they're outsiders like they're not really real runners right. and oh my god you're doing something that's so much harder than just running a marathon yeah, yeah for sure it's really it's a big deal so congratulations to all our charity runners absolutely and and they learn what what's important to you you know they people learn a little bit more about what what you value you know what um you know, mm-hmm. what matters to you is, yeah, it, it takes it, it takes it beyond running. I mean, yes, the marathon is super, super, super important, but raising those funds and um, raising awareness, you know, and, and just being dedicated to something beyond the running really, um, it, it brings in a different, a different audience. It expands the audience, but it also um, allows people to connect with you in a different way. So it's, it's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Are we ready for our next check-in? I think I think it is that time already. Amazing. It's flying by. Isn't, this, isn't it this long run? Yeah. What we want to remind you guys of, first of all, is you're awesome. You're doing an amazing job out here. You're 15 minutes in, just cruising, strong. You look tall. You look stride is great. Um, keep in mind, though, that uh, as as you run, you want to you want to keep your form. You want to run nice and tall. If you're leaning forward a little bit, that's okay. Just make sure you're leaning from the ankles rather than from the waist. You don't want to be bending over from the waist. Um, and just about five degrees, no more. That little bit of a forward lean is just fine. You guys, you're going to stay really, really strong out there throughout this run. So have at it. Yeah. So uh, my uh, my uh, story here also involves the marathon that I ran that uh, that I for which I raised funds um, for Team for Kids. Cool. I ran. What year was that? Um, 2018, I ran the Berlin Marathon. I remember that. Yes, you did. That's so cool. And it was, um, 
It was such a great experience. Yeah. It, um, as you said, like, well, for starters, um, within our running community, um, the mission of Team for Kids is a very easy sell. Mm-hmm. Um, getting kids in underserved public schools involved in running and uh, generally helping kids to be more fit and healthy. I mean, nobody nobody can argue with that. No, not at all. Makes such a difference and, and can uh, set them on like a lifetime of not just better physical health, but better mental health. You know, there's lots of studies that show that kids study better when they're fit. Um, They make friends, you know, it helps like kind of calm them down and and even them out. You know, kids kids can be very uh, varied in their energy, as as you know, if you spend any time around them and the running really, Uh really helps kind of chill them out in in the best possible way. So, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. And uh, so it was so great to see, you know, like high school friends I haven't seen in years were like, oh, oh, yeah, I'll chip in 50 bucks for Mm -hmm. that. Um, And uh, and then all all kinds of running friends. But um, the funny part was I was um, I was really coaching a ton at the time. Mm -hmm. I was coaching like literally every available group training workout and I had a big roster of private clients and it really was starting to seem like there was just no room for my own running. Like I was running a million zillion miles, but, um, I was not doing any of my own speed work. Mm, yeah. I that's hard. Run of my own. The yeah. coach's dilemma. The coach's dilemma. Exactly. And, and endless um, laundry and I, too. endless laundry so many t-shirts um and i i in no way um am i one tiny even scintilla of an iota resentful about this i love it um and i wouldn't change it but um it was uh getting to the point you know like pretty deep into the training cycle like eight or nine weeks to go like it's it's time to be really serious here Mm -hmm. and I was like, I, I mean, I can't, there, there are only so many hours in the day. I can't run anymore. Yeah. Um, so true. And so true. And as often happens in the middle of the summer, i.e. right now, um, it was a million degrees and it was humid. And that always, that always makes me grumpy. And, uh, so I, got up at 4.45 one morning to coach um, a bunch of group training runners who were training for the TCS New York City Marathon. Oh my gosh. They all get up too? They all got up too. And so that right there, there's, there's a big part of the support network. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wasn't going to let them down. That is so cool. uh, yeah, so uh, it was one of our most important workouts of the whole training cycle, which is um, when we do a tempo run over the Queensboro Bridge. Mm-hmm. And that is no um, joke, Daphne. It, it is no joke. It is a no joke workout. And uh, for anyone who is um, training out of town, um, 
minor minor spoiler alert for race day here. The Queensboro Bridge um, is a big, long, steep climb. It takes you from Queens into Manhattan at uh, around the 16 mile mark at the of the marathon. Yes, it does. Which is um, it's a, a, a suboptimal place for a big <laughs> hill, but uh, there it is. So um, they were training for New York, but you were training for Berlin. But you were, you which were, is pancake flats. Yes, yes. So, but you were, you were I coaching them I had no them need over. to run hills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But loyal so, coach uh, that you I, are, you were, you were accompanying them on this tempo run. All right. So uh, I got up. It's you know four forty-five. It's still dark out. My legs are just beat up and banged up and sore because I've been running so much. And I was like, oh, oh, I don't want to do this, but. I did. Part of you did want to do it, Daphne. I know part of you did. uh (laughs) Actually, probably the majority of me did. Yeah. Um, It it was the vocal minority saying no. Um, And as you know, Coach Gordon, as you saw just this morning, Mm -hmm. I I can be quite peppy at 6.15 (laughs) a.m. I don't think I've ever seen you not peppy at 6.15 a.m. Peppy is your natural state at that hour. I I I work at it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we got going, and uh, I had my uh, my little group of runners together, and we ran across 59th Street in Manhattan, and then we you know found the approach ramp, and we got going um, on the what we we run. Um, across to Queens mm-hmm. and then we follow the way the course goes back from Queens into Manhattan. And then, um, because this happens on a weekday and we don't have all the time in the world, um, what you will do on race day, you go back into Manhattan, you go up first Avenue into the Bronx and, uh, then come back over the Madison Avenue bridge, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, but, uh, so we follow the course, back from Queens into Manhattan, um, and then back. And then we follow, um, once we get to, uh, the Plaza hotel, fifth Avenue and 59th street, then we do follow, um, the real marathon course again. And we go across, uh, 59th street, AKA central park South to Columbus circle and in where the marathon enters central park for the final time. And we finish on the marathon finish line, which is always amazing and inspiring. And just, and by this time the sun is up, right? Yes. (laughs) By this time the sun is up and on this particular day, it was already starting to get to be a thousand degrees. Summer training. Oh, humid Mm -hmm. and nasty. So, uh, my, my crew just totally keyed off each other Mm -hmm. and, uh, we ran textbook negative splits, like even going up on the way to Queens, they got a little faster as they got to the crest of the hill, coasted down the hill and then came back from Queens fastest yet up the hill. I mean, they were really feeding on each other's energy. Yeah. And I mean, how could I not get amazed yeah. and inspired by exactly. that? And uh, so one of them said to me at the end, this very, very quiet, humble, unassuming runner took me aside when we finished and said, 
I set a goal this morning and I wanted to stick right with you. Aww. And I knew that it was going to be hard, but I did it. And I was like, well, I can die now. My work <laughs> here is done. That's really touching. That's really, really cool. Yeah. All of uh, all of our runners, all of you listening, you you inspire us yeah. just as much as uh, we we hope we're doing right now. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, because that's what got you out the door, you know, and, you know, you didn't hit the snooze button. You you got up and I did got not. out and I did not worked worked hard with those runners. And uh, and, you know, yeah. knowing that they were inspiring you and then to hear at the end like that, that that you really inspired them, that they had unbeknownst to you set a goal and and achieved that goal um, and then chose to share that with you. That's that's really meaningful. And you, so you know, great. there's always someone out there doing that, you know, being inspired uh-huh. by you. Maybe they, maybe they won't say it right in the moment, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's happening. It's, uh, what, what our, our gal Des Linden says, mm-hmm. keep showing up. Yeah. You never know. And, uh, that was actually the summer that, uh, my closest running buddies and I turned Des Linden into a verb. And so that, that <laughs> run over the Queensboro Bridge, I definitely deslindened my way through that run. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, she is a verb. Yeah. She is an excellent totally. verb. Totally. Yeah. Deslinden it, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Look at this. We're just about halfway halfway through. Unreal. 30 minutes in. Is it time for another check-in? I think it is. Some of you, especially if uh, you're training for your first marathon, you might remember a time when running for just this long was like totally impossible and out of the question. And look at you, now you're training for a marathon. So way to go. Um, Something to keep in mind if you have not already, um, it is, uh, unless you are training, I don't know, maybe high up in the Andes, It's hot and humid out pretty much everywhere. So if you haven't already had some, now is very likely a great time for a sip of water. And um, while you're at it, be sure to dunk your hat. I will, uh, I'll keep reminding you to dunk your hat. It's it's my most favorite summer running hack. So um, keep it up. You're looking great. Now you're going to be hydrated and uh, you got this and uh, you've hopefully also got a nice cool drip down the back of your neck for the next few minutes. That's a good one. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that with your hat. Some people even put ice cubes in their hat. Have you ever done that? I have done it once in a marathon where there was a spectator who had like a big ice chest and I ran by and got a scoop full in my hat and oh. I, if that spectator, whoever you are, if you're listening, thanks. It really <laughs> meant a lot in the moment. What year was that? Um, it was, oh gosh, it was a while ago, like 2011. Now they could be listening. I mean, it's not impossible, right? It's not impossible. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. That's good. Yeah. So, uh, coach Gordon. What do you got? Well, I keep thinking about how how training is is more than just physical. It's it's mental as well, and how mm, that so emotional true. support that we've been 
we've been talking about, it can really like make or break a training cycle. Um, and, you know, I, I talked a little bit earlier about, um, about 2018 and I just want to keep talking about that year. Cause that was, that was a really <laughs> magical year for me because the physical part of my marathon training was, was not a piece of cake at all. Um, just as a little background, I work at New York Roadrunners. I've been working here a long time. So, um, we put on the marathon. We, you know, most of us mm-hmm. do not run the marathon, um, you know, in, in terms of like running 26.2 miles on the first Sunday of November, cause we're running yeah. the marathon. We're like putting it on. People ask me that all, all the, the time. time. Like, Oh, right? do you get to run the marathon? Yeah. Like, like, no, I, we got to make, somebody we, has we gotta to make, make it happen. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I had run it in 2002, uh, before I started working here and hadn't run it since. So in 2018, we, we had a special program where we opened up uh, registration to just a few staff people, um, you know, sort of as a uh, reward for their long years of service. And so I was one of those um, who was given the opportunity to run and I was not going to turn that down. Um, but unfortunately I was injured. I developed an injury in the spring of 2018 that, uh, got, got really severe and I ran a marathon with it and should not have done that. But, uh, so it goes. So I remember that it was like both knees and then it just really settled into my, my left knee. And I hadn't had a knee injury since like 2010. It had been a really long time. Oh, Generally man. my knees are. And all the non runners in your life are like, see running ruins your knees. <laughs> ruins your knees. Exactly. Don't you want to take up tiddlywinks instead? So <laughs> I went to PT and, you know, I just did everything I possibly could, um, did, you know, all kinds of cross training, um, but I was still really behind the eight ball. Um, but I, I didn't want to let go of my dream. So I, you know, was really diligent about the PT. I could feel it coming around. I knew I was going to be okay by race day in that, you know, I wasn't going to like have a career ending experience by, by running 26 miles, but I was very, very undertrained. Um, and I mentioned the fundraising that I did, and that was extremely motivated and motivating and connected me to a lot of people. Um, but it was also just the, the emotional support that I got, um, when it became just so clear to people that I was going to run the New York city marathon, which I had not run in, you know, 16 years and, um, that it, that it meant so much to me. So it was, um, about three weeks before when I, I finally made the decision, okay, I'm going to be able to do this. It won't, you know, it won't, my knee is not going to give out on me. It's just going to be a, probably a pretty tough last like six miles or so. And sure enough, the, you know, the race went off and I was super careful. I wasn't trying to set a fast pace or, you know, set any kind of record or anything like that. Um, but I got to, you know, it wasn't even 20 miles. It was about between 18 and 19, 19 miles. And the wheels just started to come about, off. About the Willits Avenue bridge. Yeah, no, it was, it was yeah. The, the one at the end of first Avenue. Yeah. By the time I got there, I was being passed by a lot of people. Cause I, if, when I slowed down, it was okay. It was, it was, it was fine. As long as I was doing like, nine minute, 10 minute miles. It was, it was absolutely fine. I knew it was just going to take a long time to get from there Mm -hmm. to, to the finish line. 
Um, but it was really like, I, I just thought so much in those last six, seven miles about, um, all the people who were kind of on my team, all the people who were with me, you know, and all the people who, who were out there running, um, some of them having great races. Some of them, I knew other people who had been injured, including my husband, who I knew, you know, were not having great races, um, and that they were trying as hard as they could. And that we were all running the same 26.2 miles. Um, and, the uh, the crowds were amazing as they always are in New York. You know, they always are, yeah. aren't they? They didn't care. You know, <laughs> you know they were like, you "Go, girl!" Um, and and so that that emotional support, I will really just absolutely never forget that. And I don't want to say time doesn't matter at all because, of course, time matters. You know, we set goals for ourselves, and um, you know, we want to we want to get the best out of us out of ourselves on the day. And I do believe that I did that. Um, but if you just look at my time, you kind of go, "Mm -mm, that's, that must've been a really bad race for her. So it was, I just learned a lot about like what matters in running a marathon. And to me, what mattered that day, uh, was the support that I felt from just so many people, people with me physically, you know, cheering, um, people thousands of miles away. And, uh, you know, even people that, that I had just, you know, heard from through the fundraising or whatever, um, and probably didn't, you know, it didn't register with them that I was running the marathon on that particular day, but I felt like they were, they were with me too, because they, they'd made a connection through, uh, through knowing what I was, what I was training for. So it was great. Aww. It made a world of difference. And I look back on that as, as one of the best marathons I've ever run. So I would just say to people, you know, if you're struggling with your training, if you're, you're going through bad patches with your training, um, and even if, as you approach race day, um, you know that it's, you know, it's not going to be an awesome experience in terms of like having a great, great, great physical performance, um, that just by forging those connections with people along the way and, and carrying all that in your head with you on race day, you're going to have an amazing experience. Um, so just, just keep that in mind as you continue to work through these, these, uh, weeks and months ahead of training. It's, it's really going to yeah. be special. Yeah. You know, I, um, I keep coming back to, uh, Dina Castor's book, let your mind run. It is, uh, one of my favorites, one of my most favorite, favorite running books. And, uh, she talks a lot about, a, a similar sort of experience. And, uh, she says, no two training cycles are alike and all you can do is give everything you have on the day. And it sounds like you did that. You nailed that. I did. I mean, I really did. You know, there was, there was nothing left at the finish line. That's for sure. I was, I burst into tears, (laughs) got a big hug hug from Peter Chacha, who was the uh, race director of the marathon at the time. That was his final year as race director. So we had this dopey looking picture of, you know, him smiling and me crying and, you know, the metal and, you know, the sunlight and yada, 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 that sort of says it all. But yeah, there yeah. was, there was nothing I've left. I've seen that picture. It's a great one. <laughs> I think it's my Facebook profile picture. <laughs> Peter's hand sort of in, in the background. But uh, yeah, it was, it was great, you know, and, and that's, that's the memory that I cherish, you know, was it, was it incredibly painful? You know, did I feel at certain points, like, I just don't think I can endure this anymore. It's just too, too difficult. Um, but you know, what, 
what I what I really remember is just that that awesome feeling of yeah crossing the finish line but also just carrying all that emotional support with me and you know feeling really um really buoyed by that all along the way especially in those difficult last six or seven miles yeah and uh as as you said not just uh not just the people who knew you well and the people who had donated to your fundraiser but the millions of random strangers who had no idea what you were struggling with. And uh, they, they, uh, they came out and hollered and made noise. And um, so that's, uh, it's, it's another, another note, all you random strangers out there, you matter. We're paying attention. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's cool to think about um, ways to, to, get the emotional support during your long runs. Um, and there's, there's a great idea that you guys will probably come across in your, your tips of the day this week. And I love this. I've never done it, but I think it's a, it sounds like such a cool idea. Link your long runs. Um, you can, and you know, more and more we can do this as we come out of the, uh, out of the pandemic, you can design your long run course to pass your friends, you know, pass their apartment building or pass their houses and let them know you're coming and they can, they can come out and say hi to you and wave. And maybe if they're, you know, uh, if, if you ask, or if they think of it, they can offer you a drink or, you know, some orange slices, whatever, whatever you like. Have you ever done that, Daphne? An inside bathroom. Inside I mean, bathroom. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> we had to talk about that. Yeah, it's it's such a gift, yeah. really. Um, there was. Uh, do you remember um, Coach Gordon? Several years ago in the marathon, there was um, a New York Times guy, and he was a cartoonist, and cool. um, he was he live tweeted. During the marathon, obviously he was not trying to break the tape. That was not his goal, but he live tweeted and he drew cartoons the whole race. No way. That is so cool. It, uh, and the New York times published them all after the fact that it was, it was the sweetest, most adorable thing. And somewhere about where you sort of started to get into trouble on upper first Avenue, he was like, I really want a banana. I could so go for a banana. And so like he drew a little picture of a banana and sure enough, four blocks later, somebody saw it and they were like, here, man, I got your banana. Oh my gosh. That's like the ultimate version of, yeah. Like link, linking your long run and, and reaching out to people and, you know, connecting with them in real time and, and getting just what mm-hmm. you needed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, I love it. Uh, and a banana, FYI, is uh, is great in run fuel. I think so. Yeah, I've I've never had a bad experience with a an in in run banana. Some some races yeah. give out bananas along the course. I I know New York has done that in the past. I'm not sure if that's on the um, the agenda for this year with you know li- wanting to limit touch points because of um, because of concerns about about COVID, but. Uh, yeah, I've had I've had good experiences with bananas before, during, and after races. And then you know, like after once you kind of have like you know gotten through the shoots and you know have your like real meal and stuff, you never want to see another banana again. 
Yeah, yes. so many of them. It's like, oh, have a banana the night before the race. Have a banana the morning of the race. Have a banana at the start. Have a banana along the way. Have one at the finish. Then no more bananas. <laughs> then no more bananas. I seem to recall, um, it was maybe the 2017 Brooklyn half. I uh, I ran with, uh, with a bunch of coaches and friends and... Um, like everything was perfect. The weather was perfect. We just had a really good nice. day. But what really stands out was the banana that they gave me at the end was like at the absolute optimal stage of rightness. And I was like, man, New York Roadrunners, that's a classy touch right there. Right, right. We got that right. Very good. Yeah, we, we could go yeah. on all day about bananas. <laughs> Don't slip on the PLO. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would not be fun. No, definitely. No. But have you ever done a run where you like ran from house to house? I know you do some running out out in uh, Long Island, and you know where it's a little easier to like see people's houses than than here in New York, where we all live in big apartments. I will buildings. do um, when I run when I run long out there. Um, I have done that actually, and I have a couple of running friends out there, and we will kind of meet in the middle. Um, we also like to um, drive along ahead and stash water bottles. Nice. And, um, so important. And then that makes it kind of a fun scavenger hunt game. Like, oh, was it in that stump or behind that stop sign? I can't remember exactly. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look at that, Coach Gordon. Are we at 45, 45 minutes? minutes? You have got this. You're 45 minutes in. You're three-fourths of the way done, and you are still going strong. So just take a moment to, to focus. You know, get your get your focus back on your effort, your hydration, your fueling. Just, you know, kind of do a little check-in there. And then really, really give yourself a pat on the back. Maybe not literally, just sort of a figurative pat on the back, although a literal pat on the back is fine. Um, and tell yourself that you're getting stronger every week. Like you said at 30 minutes, Daphne, you know, 45 minutes is a perfectly respectable run. And, you know, maybe not too long ago, a month or so ago, that was that was your long run. And here you are, 45 minutes in and still going strong. So. You're extremely consistent and you're getting stronger all the time. Go, go, go. Yeah. Stronger every week. Yeah. Look at you go. Yeah. Just be patient. Stick with it. You've got this. <laughs> so what's yeah. your story, Coach Daphne? I know you have another. Oh, I, <laughs> um, in, in the slipping on a, on a banana peel vein, um, uh -oh. I, uh, uh-oh. I, um, I usually count on, you know, if you run long enough, you run enough miles, um, you're, you're going to trip over something and fall. It's, it's inevitable. It doesn't happen often. I usually count on about one kind of nasty spill per year. Yeah. It's um, not like an, if it's a wind when. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's not as bad as, um, no disrespect to cyclists. They work hard, but whew, they can, they can really bang themselves up mm -hmm. in ways that mm -hmm. runners tend not to. Um, but I was, um, I was doing my 
final long training run before the 2019 Chicago Marathon, which you and I Yes, where you did extremely well. So this story must have a happy ending ultimately, but... It does. (laughs) It does. It does. I was... uh, I was planning on 21 miles and, um, I was doing it. Uh, I ran with a couple of, uh, fellow coaches who also struggle with the coach dilemma, but also some, uh, some of our runners, um, who often we're, we're the ones doing the coaching, but, uh, we just went out as friends and, um, the plan was, this is, uh, coach Daphne's patented, all of your quality in one run, long run workout. Um, it's 21 miles and warm up with two easy miles, do a mile at marathon pace and then coast with two more easy miles and then two miles marathon oh my gosh. pace and then coast for two more miles, three miles marathon pace and then back down the ladder always with two mile floats. In Very cool. And, uh, what I, I love it for a million reasons. It, uh, I mean, it really does bake some good quality in. it forces you to focus on the mile that you're in, which is the only one you have any control over. Mm-hmm. Right. Coach Gordon. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it gets, you know, it gets nine miles of hard work in there. Um, but not all at once. So yeah. you're not freaking out like, oh, it's nine miles. It's like, oh, I, it's three miles. I can do this. So it's one, um, two, three, then, three, two, one. Is that right? Or one, no, two, three, three two, two, one. one. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, awesome. and the two mile floats, like when you're running easy, you look at your watch, you're like, wow, I feel great. I could do this all day. Yeah. Wow. 15 yeah. more minutes of this. That's forever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was that was the plan. And we ran our first easy mile and, uh, we were down, um, at that park on the Lower East side, you know, the one that has a track on the East. Oh yeah. 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 I think it's just called East river park. I think. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. And, um, I don't know what it was, but I tripped over something (laughs) and face planted and, skidded along on on mostly on my right knee mm-hmm. and I was like oh man like I still got a long way to go this oh this is annoying and now I'm holding everybody up and so everybody stopped and I got up and I it was pretty clear immediately that I wasn't really injured like I didn't break anything yeah that's good I was definitely um short a bunch of skin yeah. on my right knee. And uh, so there's a little like field house by the East River track. Yes. And uh, there happened to be a parks department guy who was in there at work early on a Saturday morning. And we came in and it was immediately clear what was the matter with me, blood pouring down my shin. There was blood. And, okay. Oh, yes. Oh. Yes. And... So he said, oh, oh, I've got a first aid kit. I've got a first aid kit. And he seemed like really excited to like have something useful. To <laughs> something do. to do. <laughs> so we got this first aid kit out. <laughs> we opened the lid and I'm slightly exaggerating. It was like a Harry Potter movie. Like we opened the lid and bats flew out, flew out of it. It was an ancient first aid kit. 
So we washed off my knee and we found some like thousand year old mercurochrome and you know all the stingy yeah, stuff. I have not seen that there. stuff in a while. Wow. Okay, so it's they, been a minute. They right? still make it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so I got all cleaned up and uh, all of my fellow runners were like so attentive. Like someone ran off and found a Gatorade for me and I was like, we're only a mile in. Like I'm oh, fine. That's really sweet. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah. Really nice. Um, and so we kept going and um, we did do all, all of our quality miles. Um, the Band-Aid, not surprisingly, almost immediately sweated off. Because <laughs> it was so, from the 18th century. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's from the revolution. <laughs> and uh, so I, I did pretty much the whole run, like bleeding into my right sock. And uh, there are some hilarious, also kind of grisly pictures of the whole thing. And but what a, uh, what a support crew! That's so what a awesome. Crew. Yeah. And so the best part of it all was I had gone into this um, with uh, you know very well, Coach Gordon. Sometimes we runners we get hung up on round numbers. And for years and years, I had wanted to run a 70 mile week and I'd gotten really close. Like I'd run 64, I'd run 66 and always it was like, I mean, I could go run another four miles, but I'd rather run a good marathon. And yeah. as coach Roberto always says, better 10 miles under train than one mile over. Right? Uh, yes. And, and PS uh, 66 miles is not under trained to coach Daphne. <laughs> just, just no, so you no, know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe for Des Linden, but, but not for us. 66 no, miles no, is not, quite adequately trained. Just don't want to lead our runners astray here. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. And uh, this, this is, again, a don't try this at home. Um, but anyway, that week, I was like closer than I'd ever been. And um, as you know, very well, the end of a long run, like you're really, really tired. And especially if it's hot, and you're hungry, like you, your brain is just not working on, a, on all eight cylinders. And uh so we finished and I was like, all right, I, I think I did it. And I turned off my Garmin, synced it to my phone and Garmin Connect said, weekly total, 69.5. Oh dear, Daphne. <laughs> Damn it. And I was like, all right, I, I, can, I can do another 800 meters. And so uh, the good, good friend, who uh, was still with me because she lives nearby and we wound up running Chicago the whole race together, was like, all right, I will go and shuffle another 800 meters with you. And she did. That's so sweet. It was so sweet. And we were not moving quickly. Like, we were both toast at that point. But But you'll remember uh, that. I mean, obviously, you've you've remembered it these, these two years. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I do. So I, I hit 70 miles, and I was, of course, overjoyed. And then um, the, the, the funny part about the running tribe, the running community. Yeah. So I, I went home, I got cleaned up, 
I put a real Band-Aid on. I put a lot of real Band-Aids mm-hmm. on. It was like a big scrape. So you were okay? Uh, I mean, you were, the run, oh, you yeah. know, you were able to, like, get through it without having to, you know, uh, compensate or, you know, limp or anything like that. That's that's important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I could tell almost immediately that there was nothing, like, seriously scru- structural yeah, the matter. That's good. It just, um, it stung mm-hmm. where I had mm-hmm. scraped it and where it got all sweaty, but that's yeah that goes away you probably had to throw your Um, socks away or at least one of them I did I did oh they were so gross um (laughs) I do I think I do think I still have the shoes though and the shoes are it's it's my bloody foot story Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah Um, I like that story I really like that story I had not. Well, I, don't know, I haven't heard that I'm surprised I hadn't because I was you know we were training for the same marathon yeah. Maybe I wasn't oh, as, as active on Strava. Gross picture. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. So, but this, this shows what, uh, what a dedicated runner you are. So I got home, I got cleaned up and I went out and met some friends who are not runners mm-hmm. for dinner. And they immediately noticed that my right knee was all bandaged. What happened? And I said, ah, oh, it was my last long run and a mile in I tripped and fell and one of them was like, oh, that's such a bummer. You didn't get to do it. And I was like, what? Heck oh, of no. course I did it. <laughs> yes. Oh, they I just don't not. understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. And, and no, I, I love that they all stopped with you and they, you know, they helped you get bandaged up and they got you Gatorade. And, you know, I mean, that's just, that's that's the bonds that you, that you make. And that's the, the support. A million that, percent. Yeah. Like you said, a yeah, village. I, and I bet they'll I, remember I, it too. Yes. Yes. And, and funnily enough, we actually talked about it this morning. Oh yeah. That, that run when you fell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's really cool. So what did it feel yeah. like to run a 70 mile week? Um, you know, what's so funny. I can tell you, um, the next day I like barely could get out of bed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just shattered. I was so exhausted. And it was a 70 mile week with, with a 20, including a 21 mile training run. That's, that's that's some serious business coach Daphne. It was, it was some big miles. And, um, so the funny thing was like, I, I mean, I was, I was gassed and I was so glad to have a day off. And I took that day as like, total, total rest. Mm-hmm. I don't think I even left my apartment. Yeah. And, um, it's good. That You're only as good forward. as you can recover. That's so right? important. It's so true. So fast forward my, my next marathon training cycle, when I was training for Boston in 2020, I, right before the pandemic lockdown happened, I ran 76.8 miles without even trying. Oh, like I barely right. even realized it was happening. Yeah. Cause you were and training for Boston. So this was like March right before, like right before the pandemic happened. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I had, like, it was my biggest week, my biggest week of that training cycle mm-hmm. and still my biggest week ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this, this whole consistency thing, this keep showing up thing. There's, there's something to this because yeah just a few months ago, 70 miles nearly killed me. And here I ran 76.8 and I feel fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, as a coach, I would probably 
say that you were a little compulsive about getting that last 800 in <laughs> just just for the record <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> you know I, I just want to go on record as saying your your training would have been <laughs> just fine with a 69.5 mile week so okay so that's it out of the way would have been absolutely yeah. and and I, I want I, I want our runners to understand that as well and I want them to understand that you agree um, but, yes. but yeah, there's something to those, you know, that, that feeling of like, okay, something that was really, really hard. Then when you surpass it just by being consistent, you know, not by doing some kind of crazy Herculean workout, you know, I'm sure you did plenty of really, really great workouts in the lead up to Boston in the spring of 2020 that, that didn't happen. Yeah. I'm sure you did awesome training, but mostly you were just consistent, you know, and kept showing mm-hmm. up. And uh, kept just, mm-hmm. you know, putting in the work, nothing, nothing fancy, um, making sure, you know, taking care of your body, taking care of your sleep and your stress and all those good things, you know, to, like not, not eating the bananas, stressed. eating the bananas. Yeah. That's really what it takes. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I hope our runners are, are finding that as well. You know, that just, just keep showing up, just keep building it very, very gradually you don't have to hit every single workout, but just be consistent really over don't. time and um, you will get there and, and you'll have a joyful journey. You know, it won't be, it won't be, um, there'll never be something that you feel like you can't handle. It'll be challenging, but, yeah. uh, but achievable. so inspired yeah me too I, I always get really yeah. inspired doing these uh these long run radio uh recordings with you coach Daphne and I hope I hope uh, it just I love thinking about our runners out there and uh whether you're listening to this run while you're doing your run or sorry listening to this uh, recording while you're doing your run or um you know saving it for for afterwards at another time of your day um I hope you feel uh feel inspired by one another inspired by us and um i'm just really excited i'm excited about this this journey that we're on and if we can be any kind of emotional support to you um that that inspires me and and gratifies me even more so look at that 100 percent way to go yeah i've enjoyed this coach daphne it's always really great to talk to you coach gordon to be in yeah. to be in the ears of the runners and uh just want to thank the runners for joining us today we're getting real close to that 60 minute mark so whether you're wrapping it up or have a little bit more to go um it's been great being with you thanks so much for joining us we hope you've enjoyed your run i'm coach daphne and i'm coach gordon we'll be back next week on new york roadrunners coaching lab long run radio bye bye <laughs>